As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hey, hey, welcome back to another solo episode of our show, Built to Last. I want to talk about not feeling like you fit in today. And this is a subject that I have kept really close to home and have either thought about it inside of my own thoughts and my own head for quite a few years, many years, in fact. And I've also kept it behind closed doors with a few close friends, colleagues, and peers that I have in the coaching industry. So I'm going to give you a little bit of backstory first. I started my first coaching business after receiving my professional coaching certification in 2011. And prior to that, I was a high school business education teacher. I have a master's degree in education. I was a course lead for North Carolina Virtual Public Schools for five years. I taught teachers at um, state-level conferences how to incorporate project-based learning into their classrooms. I uh, also was a sports coach. So I was a competitive athlete growing up. My brother was a professional baseball player. He's four years younger than me, but it's an interesting household when you grow up as competitive athletes and one of your members of your family is being groomed to be a professional athlete. It's a very different way of life. And when um, Sean and I had our daughter Brighton 11 and a half years ago, I decided to leave the in-person face-to-face classroom and come home so I could spend more time with her. And I knew coming into being a mom and leaving my teaching job, I knew I wasn't leaving to become a stay-at-home mom. That was never anything I ever desired. I never felt called to be a stay-at-home mom and have multiple kids. Brighton is our only daughter. She's our only child. And so pretty quickly, I realized, okay, I, I am meant to be a leader. I am meant to be innovative, creating, doing things that matter. Not that being a mom doesn't matter, but I knew that my identity was not just in motherhood alone. So About three months into being a mom, I decided I've got to start dabbling in something. And I didn't really know anything about entrepreneurship or building my own business. I had never done it before, but I knew I was a pretty freaking smart cookie and I'd be able to figure it out. I mean, I could, I believed I could figure anything out. I could. I also knew that I was a hard worker and I was really focused and really disciplined. And I just needed to kind of figure out what my lane was going to be in. What was my, purpose? Where did my gifts lie? Where was my passion? Uh, What were my talents? And where did I really feel called to serve now that I was no longer teaching high school kids in a classroom? And so my husband suggested, actually before that, how I got started, I actually actually started going to networking events. Um, I found local networking events in my area at the time that was in North Carolina. And I pretty quickly picked up on the fact that 
the people who were getting the most business and referrals from the networking groups were the people who were guest speakers at those events. And so I happened to join a networking group that had 24 of the same types of groups and chapters spread out all over the state and actually in a couple of other states. And I signed myself up to be on the Speakers Guild so that I could go speak at every single one of those chapters. And I did. And that is where I started getting my first few clients. Now, I also dabbled in network marketing. I had my first my first real crack at business was with a Shackley business. They've been around since the 60s. And I had two really great mentors. My mentors with my Shackley business were, their names are Steve and Suzanne Cheney. And they were clients, personal training clients of my husband, Sean. And they had had a Shackley business for over 30 years. They were already in their late 60s or early 70s. He was a college professor at the University of Chapel Hill and had a really decorated career. They were really intelligent people. And they had a they had a very successful team and a very successful business. In fact, they were at the top of the company at the time. And we were already using their products. And I thought, okay, I don't have to go create a new product. I don't have to go figure out all the marketing for this. This is already kind of built in. It's already here for me. I've already used the products. They worked really well. I used them when I was pregnant with Brighton. And I had built-in mentors. So I kind of got my feet wet so to speak, with learning how to network, learning how to speak in front of entrepreneurs and marketing and sales from network marketing. It's actually, you know, despite what you may think about the network marketing industry, I mean, every single industry has got its bad apples for sure. There's not one industry that exists, even like religion and churches that don't have some form of corruption in it. Um, I just don't know one that exists. If you find one, let me know. So of course, like network marketing can have a bad name at times because of who's representing the industry. But it is a phenomenal training ground for brand new entrepreneurs to learn the ropes and learn the skills and learn leadership. And so I thought to myself, okay, if I really want to build a strong team, I have to be a strong leader. And I felt like that was going to require me to have coaching skills. Also at the time, I was really struggling with postpartum depression and and just not really knowing what I wanted to do. I didn't feel like I wanted to become a lifelong network marketer. I didn't feel like that was my life purpose. It was awesome. It was great. And uh, But the, I knew there was something else. So Sean recommended I go through a coaching certification program that he had been through before. And the instructor was, her name is Kathy Liska. She still runs her program. It's called the Center for Coaching Certification. If you want to go get a coaching certification, she's phenomenal. And... Um, she has all of her programs and coaching certification programs are accredited and approved by the International Coaching Federation. So it was a pretty rigorous program. It was not short. It was it was lengthy. We had coaching practicums. Uh, it was it was actually a really awesome experience. And when I was done with that experience at the very end of 2011, within two weeks, I had a website, had registered a brand new company had a logo, had packages, pricing, programs, branding, like everything I needed, vision to start my coaching business. And I was I was the only non-coach in that coaching certification, believe it or not. I was a teacher. And I, I also had a really hard time wrapping my mind around coaching and 
because my training and my master's degree and my background and my first career, it was in the category of teaching. And I have a really strong skill set in teaching. Uh, but with teaching, um, especially, I mean, I was a high school classroom teacher, so I don't know about other classrooms. I can only speak for what I know. When you are a classroom teacher, the best teachers are incredible facilitators. And you have the ability to facilitate through utilizing different skill sets and roles. And you're playing the role of teacher when you need to teach. You play the role of leader. You play the role of coach. You play the role of mentor. And you best better also play the role of friend, especially when you're dealing with high school students. So when I went through the coaching certification program, I thought to myself, holy cow, this is so similar to what I was actually doing in my classroom. I wasn't just teaching my kids. I was leading them, mentoring them, coaching them, and I was befriending them. And that's how I got the most out of my students. I was teaching, my class was uh, an elective. So I would have students of all grade levels all levels of intelligence and cognitive ability, all ages 14 to my oldest student was 21. And this was all in one class. And you have to have very good facilitation skills to be able to provide what each student needs when you've got all different sorts of styles and needs and levels all wrapped up into one class or else you have a zoo in your classroom. So I launched my first coaching business in 2012. And at the time I was serving all sorts of clients, all sorts of businesses. I was a, I don't even know what I called myself back then, but I was essentially working with men and women who had traditional businesses. And I was helping them in the categories of setting goals that were aligned with their vision, making decisions consistently to move their projects forward and to make measurable and sustainable progress. My clients span from chiropractors to dog groomers, network marketers to graphic designers, photographers to jewelry makers, financial planners to even a fetal alcohol syndrome scientist and college professor at the University of Chapel Hill. And I don't believe I had any clients that were a coach or an online business until my second or third year of business. So coming into the coaching, world, I didn't really know anything about this coaching industry that like we know it today. I didn't really know anything about the online world. And again, I grew my business through speaking locally and networking in the state in which I lived. That's how I grew at first and then started to have a bit of a presence online. So fast forward a little bit, I became an apprentice for a coaching company that is really well known that was you know, exceptionally successful financially. I was an apprentice for a year. And then I decided to leave my business and sacrifice that freedom that I had because I genuinely wanted to be mentored by someone who had a multiple seven-figure business online. I knew that was the direction that I wanted to go in. And I didn't just want somebody to coach me. I wanted to see it. I wanted to have my hands in it. And I wanted to play a lot of roles at the employee level and the team level so that I knew every nook and cranny of running that kind of business. 
And I had no idea what I wanted to do after that. I didn't have a timeline. I never had an agenda of when I was going to leave after I like learned stuff. I just knew like, okay, you'll know when the time is right. So that's what I did. And, you know, honestly, it wasn't until I worked as a full-time employee for that well-known coach that I got a glimpse into the coaching industry as we know it today. At the time, I was pretty doggone naive to the to concepts that we hear tossed around pretty often like wealth consciousness, um, masculine and feminine, inner child work, all that stuff. I didn't really know that world. I didn't even really fully understand what it meant by this concept of, well, what are your desires? How much do your desires cost? You should go after what you desire and you should just go get it no matter how much it costs. And you know, that's basically how this works. My connection, you know, up until that point, my, my biggest connection to anything that had the word coaching in it, other than like the certification I had, it was in playing competitive sports as, and also as an athletic coach. I grew up playing softball, gymnastics, swimming, and my sport that I really fell in love with was tennis. And I played at really high levels of competition in tennis until I was 18 years old. And I also grew up in a household that was very much geared towards sports. My brother was groomed to be a baseball player and in fact became a professional baseball player and athlete. So we were, of course, raised on putting in the work, making your practice count, and letting your bat or your racket do the talking, not your mouth. That was actually one of the most famous sayings in our household. So that was my experience of coaching. And to this day, I use analogies and metaphors around coaching and athletics. I was also a tennis coach and a swim coach for many years. And much of my mentality around business building and growing a team in your company and growing an organization, it is very much rooted in sports and athletics. I actually prefer studying elite athletic coaches more than I prefer to study coaches in the coaching industry, if you will. So although my experience working for the highly successful coaching company I worked for was absolutely incredible, where I learned the ropes of what it really meant to run a multiple seven-figure online service-based company. It also showed me the dark side of the coaching and expert industries. Um, five years later, it's kind of funny to me. I still get asked, why did you leave the company? In fact, I was asked that question two weeks ago by a group of my clients. Most people... I think in their minds, assume I left on bad terms or I left because there was like this big fallout or somebody was mad at me or I was mad at somebody or there was like this argument that erupted and that couldn't be further from the truth. My answer remains the same. Nothing bad happened. Not to me, not between me and the owners. When I resigned, word for word, this is exactly what I said. My soul is shriveled up and in the fetal position. I don't know what's next for me. I know that in order for me to do business and leadership and lead people the way I'm being called to serve, the way I felt and still feel so called by God to serve, I have to do this on my own. I have to do this my way and not just like on my own in my way, like I'm better but I have to do in the way that God is asking me to do it. 
And it was different than what I was witnessing at that company. It's not like something was terribly wrong with it. It just wasn't the way I wasn't going to be able to answer my call there. And I also remember saying, all I want right now is to spend time with Sean and Brighton. And it's my husband and my daughter. And that was in 2015. So although I absolutely loved my role at the company, in fact, I, I'm a bit of a genius when it comes to curriculum and program development, simple systems, processes, optimization, and leading teams. And I have pretty doggone good coaching skills. I could no longer deny my own beliefs, values, and philosophies. And I can no longer deny them now as we're sitting here together having this conversation. So kind of fast forwarding a little bit to the beginning of 2017, upon restarting my own coaching practice, I joined a mastermind program with a really incredible coach. His name is Adam Urbanski. And I remember back then how passionately I spoke up and out on our coaching calls and even at our in-person retreats about bringing the truth back into the coaching industry that I truly adored so much. At the time, and I still have this same belief today, I believe that coaches and experts are, in fact, our new wave of teachers, right? So I came from the traditional public school teaching background. I believe that And I believed it back then in the 2000s that it is the absolute most outdated way that we are teaching little people and human beings. And as adults, because most of us are products of public education, we are operating in that same construct, which is basically don't think for yourself, do not be creative or imaginative, and just do what you're told and believe people who are in authority positions. And I really believe that the coaching industry and coaches have such an incredible opportunity to change the world and to change people's lives and to change how we live and how we do relationships, how we do health and wellness, how we do life, how we do business. And I also believe that leaders have the absolute best ability to create change in our world through entrepreneurship. I genuinely believe that. That has never changed. And, you know, I still have this whole idea around like, we have to bring the truth back to the coaching industry. And obviously, I was coming off the heels of working for a company for four years and seeing what I saw in terms of like watching a thousand of those clients like try to build businesses. And I'm like, people just, they really do not understand. People are very misguided about what it means to be a coach and what it means to truly serve people. They're very misguided about what true leadership is, and they're very misguided about what it really means, not just to start a business and get clients, but they're very misguided about what it entails to run an actual company. And if you don't know, now you know, my number one core value is integrity. So I tend to find it very challenging to exist in an industry and a world that I don't see a lot of integrity in. For me, my personal experience has been, and this is not anything that anyone has like shoved on me. This has been my own personal experience. I've had a very challenging time accepting that 
my philosophy, my beliefs, and my values are not wrong. So, you know, part of the truth that I want to share out there is that running a business isn't easy. In fact, it is hands down the hardest thing I've ever done. I want to share that the truth that being a coach or expert does not guarantee you're going to make millions of dollars or ever become a sought after brand. And actually, no, I do not believe everyone is cut out to be an entrepreneur. I do not believe that everyone on this planet should be an entrepreneur. I don't believe that just because someone's marketing to you that they created a sought after brand or they made millions of dollars. I don't care what they're telling you in their marketing message. I do not believe that you are necessarily going to be able to do that too. There are so many nuances and so many variables that go into being able to create that. It is not as easy as go sign up for someone's group coaching program, follow their curriculum and their framework, and you're going to be able to do it too. There's too many things that are not being taken into consideration with each person's own individual individuality and what they are bringing to the table. I mean, that's a whole nother like 15 episodes we could go in. I believe that part of the truth that I want to share is having a team does not give you a hall pass so that you do not have to actually work in your business. In fact, that is like laughable to me. The truth that your recent epiphany about life or business or whatever category does not necessarily qualify you to guide others and charge a monthly house payment for your new discovery. The truth that it's not always the client's fault. This industry may be the only one where the customer is always wrong. So as one might expect, when I left the company that I worked for at the end of 2015 and rebooted my own business, or actually I left at the end of 2016, sorry, and rebooted my own business coaching um, and consulting practice, I attracted a clientele of coaches. The company I was at was a coaching company where we were teaching coaches to build their companies to 10K months. And we also had a coaching certification as part of that part of that program. So I became pretty, I became like kind of known in that little corner of the world. So when I rebooted my business, the relationships I had built for many, many years leading up to that point, it was in the coaching industry. So it was a lot of other coaches. So naturally, I attracted a clientele of coaches. Um, The clients coming to me were desperately seeking structure. They were seeking sustainable business development practices, work-life balance. They wanted to know how to keep things simple. They wanted to know what to focus on that really mattered. And they wanted someone to be really direct with them. My typical client at the time, five years ago, had been in business, I'd say for at least three years, but many of them even more. They had taken so many coaching programs, yet they were still very lost about how to run a business, how to manage their money, lead a team, and ride the roller coaster of the ups and downs that come with building a business. After a few months of a full practice, literally busting at the seams, I became more and more shocked at what I saw firsthand. I saw people in a niche they knew little to nothing about and didn't have the expertise or qualifications to back up the promise they were making in their marketing and sales message. Coaches who had simply become a carbon copy of the last coach they worked with in a year-long coaching program. Non-money-making coaches who had recently switched to becoming a business coach because, quote-unquote, that's where you make the big money. 
clients generating five figures a month, but still didn't have enough to pay normal personal expenses required to live a stable life. Women who wanted to make a ton of money, but didn't really want to work that much in their business beyond the marketing and sales part. And I saw a heap of emotional highs and lows on a daily basis. For the past five years, I've kept most of my against the coaching industry grain thoughts, beliefs, and philosophies about life and business fairly private. In fact, I've hesitated sharing more publicly for fear of really not fitting in or being made wrong for my approach or what I believe. Will I be made wrong because I pray to Jesus Christ, read the Bible, and listen to worship music every day? Nope, I don't pray to the universe. Will I be made wrong because I believe a coach, expert, or mentor needs to have proper qualifications, certifications, education, and experience, not just a desire to make money from their message or their mess? Will I be made wrong because I believe there is a difference between my human flesh desires and the desires God has placed in my life? They are not always the same, and oftentimes they are not the same. However, the big message out there is go for your desires, know what your desires are, and go out there and get them from a human, fleshy place. Will I be made wrong because I believe in living below your means, managing your money with budgets, and being a good financial steward? Because that's certainly not a message that you hear in the coaching industry very often. Will I be made wrong because I don't need to wear a crown, call myself a queen, and sit on a throne behind a velvet rope, I'd rather become friends with my clients and even hire them when I need to. Well, I may be made wrong because I'm not a feminist and believe my husband, the man of our house, is the leader of our home and our family decisions. Will I be less attention-grabbing because I have zero desire to market myself in a way that is self-serving? I much prefer teaching people and providing real value versus sharing the type of car I drive or how much money I figured out how to finally make last month. Will I be made wrong because I believe in a healthy dose of hard work and putting in the reps? After all, I was a competitive athlete and grew up with a sibling that became a professional athlete. I know what it takes to be successful, to be masterful at your craft, and to be elite in your craft. Will I be made wrong? because I've had much better, more enriching experiences with male coaches and mentors than females? Will I be made wrong because I believe we need to talk less about how to make more money and get clients and more about becoming better leaders and what it really takes to run a business as a CEO on the back end of your company? Trust me, there's a lot more to it than being good at marketing and sales. Will I be less attractive to clients because I'm not interested or drawn to five-star hotels, flying first class, or documenting how awesome my clothes closet is? Will I still be sought after when I believe the more important conversation is how to improve our services and delivery, as well as our leadership skills, not solving our lead generation or money goal problems? Last year, honestly, was a final straw for me. I had spent quite a while couple of years, actually, being really frustrated, pretty close to resentful. And honestly, I got pretty angry, but not about my clients or the coaching industry. Although that is what I believed and what I thought I was frustrated with and angry at for a long time. 
when in reality, I was frustrated and angry with myself because I had fallen into the trap of being like every other coach out there when I'm nothing like every other coach out there. I was frustrated and angry with myself because I wasn't speaking up about what I truly believed. I wasn't sharing my true values and I wasn't sharing my philosophy about living an awesome life and what it really takes to run a business behind the scenes. I don't have a special call to action for you to come join my program right now to close out this episode. Sometimes I do. But what I do know is I'm not the only one who feels this way. I can't possibly be the only one who feels like, do I even fit into this industry? Because when I read these posts and I see what's going on out there, I sure as heck do not feel the same way, do not really believe the same thing. I don't talk in the same way. I have very different philosophies. And I literally want to cringe physically when I see some of the viral posts out there that sound like, I learned, I figured out how to do XYZ and it's so amazing. I'm going to teach you to want access to it. I just, I, it's just not me. Uh, there are other ways to grow a business. There are other conversations that we need to be having about leadership, about leading your team, leading yourself, leading your business, properly managing your finances, what it actually means to run a business with systems and processes and operations and people and customer service and delivering at the absolute highest level of excellency, your coaching, mentoring, teaching, leading, and friendship to your clients because they actually deserve all of those. I have secretly behind closed doors had conversations with peers and colleagues and clients fairly often who share the same sentiment, but who've been afraid to come out and say it. So in closing for this solo episode about where do we really fit in? It's time we bring these types of conversations to the service surface and not hide behind the safety of a curtain any longer. It's time for those of us who have quietly kind of stood by and quietly built really fantastic businesses and quietly behind the scenes had these types of conversations. It's time for us to really step up and be the true leaders that we know we are, that we're being called to be, and really develop that leadership muscle. And this is not about bashing. An industry. It's not about bashing other coaches. It's not about bashing anybody else's program or anybody else's beliefs, values, or philosophy for that matter. This is about not making anyone else wrong. It's about no longer making ourselves wrong. I made myself wrong for a really long time and I stayed pretty vanilla and honestly, like pretty boring because I was afraid that wow, is the way that I approach this just like not right? Is it just really wrong? But I've decided that if what out there is right, then I'm okay being wrong because I don't want to be right. So I hope that this episode 
gives you hope. I hope that it motivates you. I hope that it inspires you to be the leader that you know you can be in both your life and your business and to to let yourself be in the lane that you you know you're being called to be in, not in the name of how am I going to make more money, but in the name of what really sets your soul on fire and what your purpose truly is while you still have time left on this planet. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.